Oh, yeah. Does it record right away or? I'm showing a button that's showing recording. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I think I'm recording. But um, all right. Today I have Jim Spivey and Jonathan Steele. Um, they I work with them in the um, the we we have a life plan together. Um, and it's just been really eye openings. Um, and they've been helping me transform more and more. And um, they are part of Mozzie Partners. And so basically, they help people transform. Um, you might hear them talk about the 1.0 um, and the 2.0 self. And um, is there anything you guys want to add to that? It's just because I know I'm butchering this. It's like an intro. All I want to add, Andy, is uh, we help people transform as we transform. Like you help us yeah. as much as we help you. Yeah. Okay. So okay. We're really appreciative to be here and to walk into this space with you. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm curious as to how this happened. You know, how did the Mozzie partners come to be? Because I know that um, you had your own practice, right, before Mozzie partners. And I don't know about you, Jonathan, but yeah. Yeah, would you be willing to share a bit of that story, Jim? You've been around longer. Yeah, I'd, I'd be honored. Um, first, I want to tip my hat and salute my partners and the co-owners and co-founders of Mozzie, which is David McGee and Paula McGee, our other two partners. Um, I uh, know that this is a vision that David has held for over a decade. This is uh, rooted in his heart. Uh, when I had my own coaching practice, which was called Revolution Consulting, I started it in 1997. I was introduced to David as a new client of mine by his boss at the time that wanted him to be cultivated into taking over the business and be a CEO. Uh, David's journey did not include staying there and becoming the CEO there. He had something else going on in his heart that was much bigger than that company. And uh, I got to remain, we got to become friends. When we first met, it's not easy to meet somebody that you think has been brought in to fix you. So when we first met, we had to walk through uh, a little bit of ego clashing, uh, two successful guys trying to figure out what the other one was up to, you know? <laughs> we, we had to weather through that. But what happened is we started to notice that we had been put together for a reason that was bigger than either of us. Wow. Didn't even fully understand it. But I served David as an executive coach and a life coach for a number of years. And uh, then something happened when David chose to leave uh, the corporate world as it was and venture off into starting businesses where he could bring his heart and his love and his desire to awaken and transform in his own life to the business world. And for a while, like we kept meeting, we, our friendship grew deeper and deeper. We would meet every Thursday for like five hours, every Thursday for 12 years. 
that cultivated something that we couldn't even fully understand. But David then chose to turn that into a business. And he's, he founded Mozzie Partners about half a dozen years ago. Okay, and I was not part of it at that time. I was an outside observer, still very involved in his life. But David started the business and uh, has held space for a vision for an incredible length of time. So much so that it attracted me into it. Uh, I think I've shared with you before, Andy, that um, I have been successful in the way the world measures success, both in the business sense as a CEO and as a coach in the realm of being good at that. Okay? But I broke down, like we've all had our breakdowns in life. I broke down in both of those phases of my life because I could not sustain the level of integrity and rigor that I was teaching. And when I saw what David was up to, I saw that he was. In my experience, I found someone that was living the principles that I hold most dear with more integrity that I knew how to muster. And I've never been a follower. I have always been a leader my whole life. And I chose to follow. And I'm thrilled I did because in so many ways it's saving my life. It's fueling all the goodness of my life. And I am so honored to be part of this business and the system that we're building together. But that's kind of how it started. I've been with the company for going on four years now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm not the same person that first joined. Like, I, I've gone through several transformations in the time I've been part of this. So what was different from uh, Revolution, Revolution Consulting and what you saw at the time, like what you saw that um, Dave was doing? What Revolution Consulting was, was a, was a personal coaching business. Yeah. As a coach, I was really good at it. So the world said. I had a lot of followers. Um, and people wanted my advice. People heeded my advice. People gravitated to me because I have a winning personality. <laughs> now, that winning personality has a dark side. It has a dark side. Because I'm in the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram type two, which is a helper. So that winning personality lets you get engaged in helping a lot of people. However, we don't recognize, like when we're not awake to the nature of our personality, how much we need to be needed, how much we're addicted to being needed, and how much we will overload ourselves to our own detriment to try to satisfy the needs of others in order to feel important. So left to my own devices, that's what I knew how to create. David was building a business that wasn't about individual personalities, wasn't about uh, how smart we are, wasn't about how capable we are as business people. It was about how willing we were to let all that go and awaken and transform to our true nature. And in our true nature, we can connect and create in ways that aren't available when we're operating out of our egos and personalities. And David's been a relentless stand for that. And it's challenging because David is an Enneagram type eight, which is a challenger. 
I know how to do this. Here's how it's going to get done. Well, that personality won't create the vision that he holds in his heart. So we need each other. We need Paula and the, and the incredible, by the way, today is David and Paula's wedding anniversary, 34 years they've been married. So I just want to acknowledge that with great love. Yeah. 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 Shout out to uh, Paula and David. Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love you to ask the question to Jonathan because he's joined us most recently and, and he's got his own story that's really fascinating. It'd be cool to hear him speak to that. Yeah, yeah. That, oh, yeah, definitely, Jonathan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So just to connect to what's already been shared by Jim, I was kind of a client and a friend of Jim and his magnetic personality days, if I could <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, and part of what happened for me, and just my, my background is a, I'm, I'm a former pastor. And I actually still have the, the credentials for that enough that I get to hold space for Jim and his partner's wedding uh, yeah. in just over a week, which is a really cool thing. He's my pastor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So part of what I, we were talking before we got on the podcast about the nature of transformation and rites of passage and that kind of thing. And one of the things that, that I had to walk through was how, in quote unquote important, I made Jim as a human being and how on the other side of that, at the same time, I didn't take responsibility for myself. So all my, most of my issues that I had with unresolved healing in my relationship with my, my own father, I wasn't willing to do at the level that I told myself I was. So I, um, I've known Jim for like 10 years and touched the space of his and David's relationship a couple of times. And the story that uh, I've shared, I think I shared it on Saturday when we were all part of the, the I am program at one of the breaks that we had, but I remember sitting in, in, uh, in a room at David and Paula's house with Jim and, and David and at that point, I think David was a CEO of a company. It was a Thursday morning when Jim and David had spent, where they've spent like 12 years every Thursday for five hours hanging out is what it could look like to the world. But really surrendering to the question of, am I willing to give myself fully to my heart's calling, to my life's calling? And I, I was in that space with them years ago when I think David was a CEO at the time and the phone rang on a Thursday morning and he didn't answer it. And he looked at me and he said, why can't people understand that my life's committed to something bigger than business? So for a CEO to say that during quote unquote normal business hours was a, was a stand for something that my religious training had given me context for around a practice related to being more than doing that messed with me. And it's always been, it's always been something I've gone back to when I think about the way that I was attracted to join Mozzie and it's got its own mystery around it, but I've just moved my family uh, across the world from Spain where I was living and working 
and uh, have joined the company really just since the summer. And the thing I'd like to say about Paula, so Jim was talking a lot about David, is I've been a successful leader, uh, an up-and-coming leader. I'm 30 years younger than some of us who are a part of Mozzie. I'm the youngest among us, but I've also been in a, in a, a powerful leadership position in the religious context. And Paula has not, right? So she has all the reasons to not show up powerfully. All the excuses and the reasons that I've used to not show up myself among our system and the age thing with, with David and Jim and, and the business background that I don't have and all those excuses. Paula's got her list that's like twice as big. And I watch her every day. And on top of it, she's a nine type personality on the Enneagram. She breaks through that wall, her own wall, so powerfully every day. We would not be here if it weren't for Paula. I would not be a part of Mozzie if it weren't for Paula. Jim and David would have killed themselves, or each other, I mean, years ago if it weren't for Paula. And it's all come, it'd be easy to point to the friendship and relationship of David and Jim, but they've just said yes to guidance. And eventually Paula said, I want into this and I want to bring the Enneagram into this. And then I said, I want into this and I want to bring in experiences of people connecting to the conversation of their soul and nature and around soul kinship. And we're discovering what that is, but it's, 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 a, and now we're beginning to get, and you're one of them, Andy, but a group of clients who are already on the awakening and transforming journey where our, our unified intentionality is the language we use that we're in this business because we're fast asleep and we want to wake up and we find that in our former life we couldn't we couldn't do it on our own but together in partnership we have access to something bigger and as we get more clients who are also discovering that and building systems around them to help them wake up there's something we're noticing that feels really powerful. So I'm sweating as I talk right now. I don't know if that's, I'm hot or I'm, I'm generating the energy of the space of the conversation in my life. Uh, I wanna say this too about Paula as a nine. I'm married to a nine, okay, and uh, she has that type of personality. So it's also a practice space to use the work in our day-to-day -day walk in Mozzie to then go exercise where I'm most committed in the human relationship that I have with my wife. So you've heard us talk about the integrated life and we're wanting to be and live life in an integrated way in the realm of business. So that when we go back into the places, our homes, uh, our communities, we still have that generative energy we're not coming back in feeling depleted. We're not living a compartmentalized life. We're living an integrated life. So I just wanted to say that to touch the people that I care about. Yeah, while well, you do that, Jonathan, uh, I think it's important to say I'm about to marry a four, which is what you are. <laughs> so, and, and I'm marrying someone who has done her own life plan with David and Paula and has just signed up for our SEAL program. So the notion of surrounding yourself in your whole life with your life's work feels so inspiring to me 
wow. everywhere I look in the people that are most important to me, we are all in our work. It's really cool. Jim, I wanted to ask you, what is it like to be in love with someone who is just as dedicated to their own inner work as you? Because um, I, I used to be in love with somebody who, um, who I really loved and um, they, but they didn't, you know, they didn't love themselves. And I just, and that relationship just couldn't continue. And it, it still hurts my heart, you know, to see them that way. And I, you know, you're touching a really tender place in me right now. Uh, my fiance, her name is Olabumi Ogunleya. This woman is God's gift to me and uh, God's gift of grace. I've been married twice before. I can see now what I couldn't see then, that my way of marrying in the past was, how can I save you? How can I save you? Well, I didn't even realize how much saving I needed, but I'm focused on how do I save you? And when it was impossible to save the other person, I then became less than myself and the relationship couldn't survive. Uh, Bumi needs, needs no saving. <laughs> she needs no saving. <laughs> there are days I think she saves me on a routine basis. <laughs> and uh, I have never been in a relationship like this. Now, I want to make a parallel, right? Uh, joining David and Mazi is the third major uh, business uh, engagement of my life. I've been a CEO in the technology space. I've been a coach in my own space. Now I'm part of Mozzie. This is the first time I'm part of something as opposed to the one running the show, dragging others behind. Same with my marriage. This is my third time. The first two times I was trying to save someone, dragging them behind me. Doomed model. So in both my professional life and my personal life, I am learning how to surrender my personality and my wiring to embrace partnership. And I don't inherently know how to do it. It's not in my DNA. But when I surrender, it shows up. And I am so blessed by this woman. I can't wait till you meet her, Andy. She is a miracle. And I think that I was ready because I had sufficiently ran into the wall of myself. <laughs> to, the point, to the point where I just started to wake up and I met another person willing to wake up and to make her life about transformation. And uh, wow. yeah, so thank you. That beautiful question that really touched me deeply. And to have Jonathan marry us is such an honor, like, because uh, he's walked through so much of this with me, and she loves him, and uh, we just trust him completely. We wouldn't, we wouldn't want to be with anyone else on our wedding day. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's so crazy to me. Like, um, wh uh, what you just said uh, about kind of going into a relationship um, and wanting to save somebody, right? Um, that hits me because I kind of, I did have that mindset too. And 
yeah, I, I don't know. That's just so crazy to me to think about, wow, just, you can just be that um, vulnerable and just to, you know, let someone in like that. And yeah, I can't even, yeah. I, I hope to experience something like that in my future, you know? I have no doubts you will, Andy. Like, you, uh, what you're doing with us here now, like the space you're holding for us is so honoring and equal, right? That this way of being will attract itself. You know what I mean? So you continue your work the way you are. Uh, it's beautiful what could be possible and is already unfolding for you. What, what does it mean to you to get married? What does this marriage mean to you? You know, Jonathan, this guy asks really good questions, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. If I, a twice failed, <laughs> if I started to talk to you like I understood marriage, I would expect Jonathan to stop me dead in my tracks. Well, I wanted to invite the conversation of life plan into what I think we're talking about and the integrated life. Because the work of awakening and transformation is we're not attached to anything, quote unquote, working out in relationships. And I think uh, that statement could maybe, Jim, could be stretched in the context of of the integrated life. Would you be, you want to take that? Yeah, I I can. Um, The integrated life basically says that when I get myself right with God, my creator, whatever I call him, she, it, when I understand myself as a human form where my soul can see the nature of my physicality and my emotions and thoughts, then and only then am I really ready to have a relationship with another human being in a partnership. And uh, so therefore, like I have to get those first two relationships right first. And um, it's really interesting because when I was licking my wounds after my second divorce and feeling despondent, I remember having a conversation with God in quiet solitude where he said, Jim, if if it's just you and me for the rest of uh, your life, is that okay with you? And I thought, I thought, hell no. Like my first, my first thought was, that sounds like it really sucks. <laughs> I thought I'm going to be lonely, right? And then it dawned on me, like slowly it dawned on me that I'm in a conversation with my creator. Like that overwhelmed me. And all of a sudden I said, this was two weeks later. I said, yes, the answer is yes. I don't know how to do it, but okay. If you're with me, the answer is yes. Two weeks later, Boomi shows up in my life. Now, the story she told me when she met me, because I'm older than her. I am not from Nigeria. (laughs) I have a lot of, uh, you know, I don't stack up in the right thing to bring home to mom and dad, right? Like, I don't stack up, right? So she told me that in her relationship with Jesus, Jesus said, it's okay to invite Jim into our relationship. When I heard her say that and matched it with what I experienced with God, I said, okay, I'm willing to follow wherever this leads. I don't know where it's going to lead, 
but I'm willing to follow this because it wasn't rooted in, I think you're really hot. I really want a piece of that. Like I, it wasn't rooted in desire. Okay. It was rooted in guidance. And I've never given my life so deeply to guidance, calling the shots in my marriage partner, in my business partnership, in my day-to-day activities, never. So choosing to actually live the integrated life as opposed to talking about it a lot, choosing to surrender to it and to know what's upstream before I get to marriage partner is me and God and me and Jim. As a two, we never pay attention to ourselves. We're always paying attention to other people. It's time to pay attention to me, not, not selfishly, but responsibly. So our relationship has come out of that. We also, uh, we found a, I want to share something with you. We found a uh, quote from an author by the name of Gary Zukov. And he wrote a book about a spiritual partnership. And he said, basically, uh, the world's changing. Couples aren't getting married just because they desire each other. He said a spiritual partnership is a partnership between equals for the purpose of spiritual transformation. It uses their delightful experiences together as well as their power struggles to learn about themselves and change. That's what I want. That's what she wants. We're in that together. Yeah, and Andy, when you when you asked the question or made the comment, I don't remember how you said it, but, but how do you let somebody in that close? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What showed up for me was how do I let myself in that close? Yeah. And I heard Jim say his own version of that because I've never really had a relationship consistently with myself, let alone God, while being a pastor. And talking about it and how to have it and I uh, I'll never forget my own my own experience of having part of my my history uh, includes abuse of my kids and it's been a in the past a very huge point of shame and sense of failure and I remember my own version of what Jim said in his conversation with God, when I had an impulse to, to hurt one of my kids one day after I had committed that I'd never do that. And I was just broken open. And, uh, what I heard was Jonathan, would you let me be your God and your friend, even if you never get better? And I began to say, I'm sorry. I thought I was talking to God and I was really talking to myself. And then I realized I was talking to my kids and then I was talking to God and I was talking to myself and I was talking to my kids and God and myself and my kids. And it's all one conversation. It's the conversation of my life. It's always about what is my relationship with God and what is my relationship with myself all the time. And anything I'm getting back from out there is showing me what's going on in here. So we talk about, I just want to describe like triggers. We don't like our, our commitment is when we get triggered inside of our system is not what did they do to me? 
but to pay attention and take responsibility for the fact that I'm triggered right now. And that's my job. So in, in relationship, like I, I feel so disqualified to be, to be holding space for Jim and Boomy and their wedding because I don't know how to do in my brain the kind of partnership that Jim just read about. And it doesn't really matter if my partner says yes to it or not because it's not about them. So well, I, I just wanted to share that to include myself. Yeah. Are you going to say something? I'm going to say to Andy, I'm about to remind Jonathan of something that he may have temporarily forgotten in terms of uh, how capable this guy is of facing his fears, okay? Because Jonathan and I did an individual life plan with his father. And if you were to ask Jonathan to tell, tell you about the history of his relationship with his father, you would not think that it would be possible that we would ever be in a place where the two of us could partner and do a life plan with his father. Yeah, I want you to consider that possibility for yourself of, wow, seeing two of us work with your father, right? Like, just imagine, take that in, right? <laughs> well, Jonathan can tell you an equal story. Yeah, um, that's, yeah, I would like to hear that story um, because my relationship with my family has really sucked my whole life. It's been just been awful. And my family has been through so much, like it's ridiculous. And um, I mean, I think we, we just, all, all of us were just really traumatized. Like in this, just started with my parent, my parents and the way they were raised and you know, just the way they, you know, they moved over to America and that, that is rough, you know, with nothing. And it just was rough, rough, rough. And um, that kind of carried on to me. And then, you know, I have to, you know, adjust. Cause you know, I grew up in China um, and then I moved back here and then that was rough. And it's going to school, it was tough. And then my sister was born when my family started to have really bad marital issues that is still going on to this day. And they're always um, up, to, yeah, they were just always arguing every day. So it's, but like, as I, as I change, do the relationship or, or not do the relationship, as I been growing and transforming, I've noticed that um, my family has started to transform too. Like my mom, she's going to China and she's saying like, oh, um, she's, she's starting to like get a little bit more spiritual, which is like absolutely crazy to me. Cause she's like, just, just the strictest, most like closed minded person. And now like, she's, she's starting to act more like a child, you know, like it's more like just loose and whatever. And so is my dad. Like they're, they're, they were, they seem so much older, like 10 years ago than, than now. Now, now they seem like, like almost like teenagers some, sometimes uh, like it, it's kind of crazy like my dad yesterday was blasting music in the car like DJ music like Chinese DJ music like louder than me and I was like I was the one who wanted to turn on the radio like but um but there's still a lot of work to do with my family um there's just still just so much 1.0 stuff right there's just so much and um they still don't understand me like as far as transformation goes as far as like stuff like this goes so like that's 
the whole idea of like, wow, one day, like my parents, uh, both my dad and my mom, you know, can, you know, may, may experience something like this, you know, maybe like do a life plan or something that would be, I, I, I don't even see how that would be possible right now. Still, you know, so. There's a great segue for you, Jonathan. Well, the thing I, yeah, the thing I was thinking about, because Andy, you're a client of Mozzie's. Yeah. You're participating in the I Am program pilot, which is a group life planning experience. And you've been willing to say yes to that and then been willing to show up in your work. And I was curious, as you were talking just now, could you feel your, your 1.0 and your 2.0? Because both were there as you talked about your relationship with your family. It was just a cool thing. Um, I was pretty in the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah uh, but maybe if I listen back to it, I'll get a much more a bigger sense of that. But, you know, there's definitely a part of me who, uh, I don't know, you probably can hear, like, optimism in my voice, but at the same time, also just this, this is like, dang like just a while ago like things were so bad and like it's just it's just like what my whole life it was like like, i don't know like the only thing i come home and it would just be turmoil at the house it would be either getting yelled at my my family yelling at each other something's going wrong something's going horribly wrong and it's just yeah it's just pretty rough and that carried over to my relationships you know with you know, girls and stuff, whatever, like, and just in every area, like, in probably every area of my life involving intimacy. So, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just definitely, I'm still getting used to miracles, you know, like, I still sometimes question, like, oh, man, like, is this, can this really happen, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, as we, as we speak, my, my mother, who is a client of Mozzie's and with you in the program, Ramona. And Paul, oh, yeah, that's your mother? That's my mom. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. So she and Paul are here visiting us, and they're with my oldest son out right now. And it, um, yeah, I relate to everything you said. And I, what, what, what feels most true that I was connecting with when you were sharing was your, when you described the playfulness of your parents, that I could feel your heart, your truth as a son. And for me, my 2.0 version of me as a son is that I'm open, grateful and encouraging space holding. And my mother doing this work and my father doing this work, or at least going through that life plan experience are the, the biggest gifts for me to see them as human beings rather than just mom and dad. Yeah. So it's actually helpful for me to call yeah. Mona Ramona because she's so much more than the way I boxed her in as someone that did or didn't give me something. Uh, because the truth is we all have, I believe, perfect, the perfect the perfect family for our own awakening and transforming. Um, That's that's so crazy. Definitely not for our pleasure. 
but for our awakening and transforming, yes. Yeah, that's, but for me, that's just so crazy because I, I, I'm starting to glimpse what you're saying as far as, um, and, and thank, you, thank you for bringing this into my awareness, but just mom and dad, right? They're just, you have this certain, uh, yeah, like image. And it's like more than that. It's so deeply ingrained in me personally, like, and just recently, uh, you know, just kind of seeing them sometimes when they hang out with friends and stuff, um, which I never really see before. But once in a while, you know, I'm seeing my dad just like laugh and goof off and you know, drink beer with, with some of the relatives or whatever. And like, I get a glimpse. Like when I went to Europe, you know, he was just, he was just being such a goofball. He was like, he was just making everyone laugh, like at the, in the group, right? That was the first, that was like really the first time where we just, uh, it was me, my dad and my little sister, like we went, we just kind of uh, were able to, all three of us been able to relax and play uh, and just really just let our guards down because the family has always been in so much turmoil. And even when we go on vacation, it's, it's still like, it feels serious. And, and I didn't realize how much of a goofball my dad is. It was kind of embarrassing. Like it was just kind of, I don't know. It was embarrassing. Like everyone else found it funny in the in the tour group, um, but like, yeah, he's just he's just so goofy. Like I didn't even realize that, you know, my whole life, right? Um, but and just just uh, just to see that, like, holy crap, he's a human, you know. And it's, I just realized these things about him. Like, oh my gosh, my dad has preferences, you know. Like he uh, he's not just like this robot, you know. Like he's it's just so crazy. I'm still working through that, you know, and same with my mom, you know? Yeah. One of the, one of the things that my original life plan said uh, around my, me as a friend, who I am as a friend had language that said, and Jim walked me through that. So life plan has transformed the way we do life plans or hold I don't even know if that's the right language. That's not the right language. We don't do life plans. It, yeah. um, but in, in the formal, in the former coaching context, Jim held space and we did my life plan. And it said the language that showed up was everyone deserves this. And what this was, was the kind of relationship where one plus one equals like a thousand that I've shared with Jim. But Jim was willing in the context of holding space together with me for, for, for my dad's life plan to say any way, any part that he played, and I played my own part in making Jim too important in my life. He was willing to create space for for Paul to feel an equal. And I think it's easy for us to think because we're we're in, quote unquote, awakening and transforming work and others, quote unquote, aren't, that we have something that makes us better. Like makes me better. And I fall into that still. But I think I'm bringing it up because we're. I, I'm I'm hearing myself say things in these conversations. I'm I'm I've already experienced forgetting myself in this conversation. <laughs> I've experienced being brought back through partnership. I've experienced equality with the three of us. Like this is a place to practice for me. And I want to say that we don't want to come across. I don't want to come across like we have the answers for you, 
or for anybody and their relationships. But I want to be able to include myself to share my experience. And it feels like that's happening. But I wanted to be clear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm starting yeah. to... Go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, when we were working with uh, his dad, Jonathan's dad, Paul, uh, we had to allow him to resent me. Uh, because I am an older man in Jonathan's life who Jonathan has a lot of respect for, and there was a natural resentment. And it was amazing, because if I were left alone, like if I didn't have Jonathan and I was trying to convince Paul to do a life plan, I would have never been able to get out of the hole I felt I was falling in when he told me very vulnerably how much he wasn't sure he wanted to be associated with me. And to be able to look at Jonathan and, and regulate inside myself and to give Paul the space. After he was done, it was like the most amazing thing. He said, well, now that I got that out of the way, I'm ready to get going. <laughs> All my energy when I'm on my own is to, is to defend myself, to assert myself, to get my way. And letting that go with a partner created an opening for another human being to say, I want to walk in. It was one of the most joyful experiences of my life. I got to heal and transform my relationship with my dad before he died. And to see Jonathan doing it with his father inspired me so much. It made me realize that it's, it's possible for everybody, like everybody in the world, every son could have that with his dad. So, Jonathan, what is your relationship like with your parents now? Like, what has changed? Yeah, I, 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 I don't even know how to answer that. <clears throat> I really don't know how to answer that. All right. All right. <laughs> um, do you ever remember the expression that truth is bigger than facts? You've heard that expression? Truth is bigger than facts. No, I haven't. Yeah. That's... Yeah, it's a wonderful expression. Like, the facts are the facts, but they don't contain truth. Truth wow. is bigger. Okay? Wow. The fact that Ramona and Paul are at that home with their son and his children and his in-laws, okay, and she is in the middle of this work with us, and was on the call last night from that home, <laughs> that says more than any details you could speak. Yeah, gotcha. Wow. Um, you know, we're, we're really into movies. If you, if you know Jim, you know he's really into movies. <laughs> yeah. But even part of the, you know, the, the, I, the group Lifeline, the I Am program pilot, we use the movies are such great metaphors. And the movie that came to mind when you asked the question was the tree of life that it feels like coming home again or never leaving home drama free in my personality. I create drama as a four. I create a lot of drama in my brain and in my, my, my fantasy life, but connection, real connection has never left. And I'm realizing that now. 
it's hard to be loved that much. It's hard to be loved just as I am. And to, to let that in to myself and, and, and I've, I've created situations where I've made such a mess uh, trying to engage people in this work and my partners have been there to stand with me. It's, it's, it's helped me be able to lean into relationship with my parents and just allow them to love me and to love them because that's all there is. And that's all we really want and don't know how to have. And I don't know how to have relationships without the support of, of a system. I don't, I don't know. And even still it takes commitment. We're, uh, we're trying to follow, we're following guidance for our business to be built. And we would love to come up with strategies when Jim says everybody in the world could have this. We would love to figure out how to make that happen. And Jim has a vision in his heart that everyone in the world will have a life plan. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. How does that happen, Jim? Well, yeah, that's a, that's a, a seductive question. Um, because what life plan even means has been changed since I brought it into Mozzie. The, the first day that David asked me, and he, I don't even know if it was an ask, it was more like, a, I'm going to hold space that this is going to happen, right? That you're going to take this thing. Like life plan was my claim to fame. As a coach, it was my calling card. I had done 900 of them, okay? I, I had quite a following of people that knew it as a thing. They knew it as a product. Like they would ask me to work with them and out the other end, they would get a product. Okay, well, that has changed. As I brought it in, first thing David had to, had to do is pry my fingers off of it. <laughs> if you're going to let us have this, you have to get out of the way. So I had to pry my fingers off any kind of uh, uh, claim of ownership, intellectual property, any of that kind of stuff. I had to let that go and allow more hearts to wrap around it and allow it to get pulled apart and put back together in a way beyond me, like beyond anything I could comprehend or anything I could create on my own. And what I'm seeing with what David brings as our visionary, what, what Paula brings as our chief holistic officer, what Jonathan brings as our chief enrollment officer, they bring a depth to stretch this into a practice and a discipline to accompany someone throughout a lifetime as opposed to a product. Because I would do a life plan for someone, it would be a cool document, they'd throw it in their drawer, maybe never look at it again, but always remember it as a good experience. Now some people took it seriously and it transformed their lives and I was very excited about those. But what I didn't know is how to work within a system doing the work that the system was about and allowing people to step into life planning within the context of a system. Like I'm going to build this thing and I'm going to build the disciplines and capacities to let me internalize it and have it be the truth for me my whole life. I could have never seen that coming. I could have never seen group life plan coming. This I am pilot, I could have never seen that coming. 
to have nine people and someday there will be a hundred. And I couldn't have seen that coming because my personality needed the intimate connection and needed to feel important and all that other stuff. Now I get to bring the best of me into a pot with the best of others and we're creating a capacity that gets others to assist. Like you're, you're a huge part of what we're about, Andy. Like you are such hope for us. You represent a huge segment of the population that's waking up so much earlier. And we knew this theoretically because we read all the Edutopia material. We, we know that the brain at your age is more flexible and there's more plasticity than in my brain, right? But we never met you. <laughs> We're like, oh, this is a real living being who is like blossoming, like unbelievably, right? So it's like, I don't know how to have this happen, but I'm watching it happening and I'm a part of it. And I love being a part of it. What, how do you define the system? Like, what is a system mm. in this context? Boy, I wish, I wish David was here. Uh, and I think I want to just stick a placeholder in right here in this podcast. If, if this has been beneficial to you, if this has been interesting and you want to keep going, uh, to have David and Paula on for a podcast some, sometime downstream, uh, Wow, is all I can say is wow. <laughs> just yeah. them two or like all of you guys? Or Maybe, just all four of us. Maybe all four of us. I'm just, I'm just feeling, I'm feeling David's heart as you asked the question, okay? Because that language has really come from his vision. David would tell you that he had to create a system that included first his children because as he was raising them, as a young dad, uh, they were to be seen and not heard, okay? And he was the benevolent dictator of his house. And the first people he had to enroll for his awakening and transformation were his children. Then his wife, not easy. They'd been married a long time. And the marriage they had when I first met them and what they have today is night and day different. Wow. They're a marriage of equals, and that was not the case years ago. So he brought Paula into the conversation for his own awakening. Then he brought a friend in, like a friend that he had let close in his life, me. And I'm not an easy person for David to be with. Okay, this is fascinating because if David were just going by his personality, he would have never decided to invite me into the company because my personality, when I'm unconscious, drives his personality, when he's unconscious, crazy. A two drives an eight crazy when both are lost in their personality. And he attracted me in. So the system includes people, then came Jonathan, Okay, and then others, as we start to spread this out to more people, he's built an entire system and he's built a program called the SEAL program, which stands for space holding, uh, essence, and letting go. 
And we now have five clients, like senior people, which by the way includes my wife, my partner has signed up to do the SEAL program. It's a year-long program that's David's heart and soul that helps others build a system the way he did. And I'm just inspired by it. So the system is people and the nature of conversation. Yeah, and I think David's role as chief essence officer, holding the, the essence and the vision of Mozzie, the SEAL program started under that language of the chief essence officer program. Right. So the first fully engaged client is a partner and owner of an accounting firm who is a very courageous woman and is very connected to our work and her work and our system. So all of our clients are part of our system. So it includes business owners that are in the SEAL program or people that want to create things in the world. They want to, the language I'm thinking of David too, when you said that, Jim, when he brought up, when Andy brought up the question, one way to think about it is how do we, how do you, you want to create in the world, but you also have a commitment to live like a monk and create all of life as a virtual monastic experience, which really resonates with my heart. So the system includes people. And it includes disciplines in your life that could be things traditional like meditation, those types of things, but also how we have conversations with ourselves and with one another all the time. And I remember, it's kind of interesting, Andy. Uh, I remember years ago, maybe 10 years ago, I introduced David to the book Power Versus Force by David Hawkins. Uh, he didn't pay any attention to it for quite a long time. He now is an advocate and a, and a follower, uh, a student of David Hawkins' approach to life, uh, to consciousness, way beyond my discipline. Like David has taken it way beyond my own interest, okay, to making it a fundamental part of his life. Wow. And uh, one of the things that he became aware of in studying David Hawkins is that when you move beyond a certain level of consciousness from a level that's very highly valued in our culture called reason to the level beyond that called love, bearing in mind that love is totally unreasonable, right? The level beyond reason doesn't follow any of the rules of reason. It doesn't follow any of the rules of causality. It is not a cause and effect world anymore. Your very existence impacts the world in a physical way. And David has chosen to live his life this way through meditation, through quiet stillness, through intentionality that is so extraordinary. He holds a space for all of us and allows that internal work to do the work. And you've heard of a lot of people that are starting to talk this way. Joe Dispenza, for example, is one, one example. Is you put the intentionality out there and then you let an intelligence bigger than you process it in a way just for you and deliver it back and you receive it with gratitude. This is the life I watch my friend and partner live and we follow. Yeah, and we don't follow David. That's right. Like David, would, David would not want to be made as important as it might be sounding yeah. that's not Jim Jim's heart either no. it's the work that he said yes to that we're all saying yes to in our own way and but we talk about first follower 
we talk about being a first follower. Jim was David's first follower. You can't really have a movement or a, I don't know language I'm, I'm trying to come up with here, Jim, but. Well, it's the, you're referring to the video that you may have seen, Andy, uh, about leadership lessons of the dancing guy, the guy on the hillside that starts doing a crazy dance. It's basically about how you create a movement. And in it, they refer to the fact that leadership is over-glorified. The first follower is the one that really legitimizes a leader. Otherwise, he's just a lone nut. A crazy dancing man all by himself. That's right. That's right. So slowly, as people start to feel the power of someone doing their own dance, you want to join them doing your own dance. So I loved what you said, Jonathan, that David's not trying to create more Davids. Yeah. He's to be more Jim. Yeah. Yeah. Ramona within my family feels like a potential first follower of me doing my work. That's mind blowing. I'm so excited about that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's true, but it feels like having, and that's my mother, right? Like that's mind boggling. But for yeah. us to be together and be in a dance in this space, the space of this conversation yeah. feels really powerful. I'm thinking about the system um, concept, right? So um, one thing I want to point out is that um, if you, I guess like what you're saying, like when I, when I um, work with you guys, it's like, okay, you guys are all, we're all equal, equal, right? Like it feels that way instead mm -hmm. of um, David being the, like the head guy you know or like oh this is following him you know, I, I didn't even you could barely tell if I didn't know you guys I, I don't know which one of you is the founder of this that's right so beautiful. Thank right you. you know what I'm saying like it doesn't even feel like that um and that's just that says a lot you know that says a lot about where he's at you know like obviously not in his ego and um especially with him being what like eight or right like that's when he wants to be in charge right so um and so I feel like if you ever, uh, you know, sign up for other people, like coach, like, I don't know, if, if you got, like, if you work with, like, Tony Robbins or something, I feel like it would be kind of, I don't know, I'd never work with him or anything, but it would be kind of like, okay, let's see what Tony Robbins can help us with, you know, versus um, these, these loving souls right here, you guys just kind of just, uh, He's just literally creating a space for us and we're, you're, you're guiding us, um, you know, you're teaching us stuff, but it just definitely doesn't feel like just me listening to you, you know, it just feels like a lot more than that. It's just like, there's a co-creating space that, you know, I'm sure we can all feel like it's just, it's so clean and divine, you know, and that's just so amazing. And what you, what Jim, what Jim said about, um, um, the, you talking to David in the past, you know, those, those meetings or whatever, and you're just holding space or something like that. And Jonathan, like, you, you talk about how, like, yeah, like you were kind of inspired by it. Right. Or something like that. Like, that's just like, that just inspires me, you know, like realizing, oh my gosh, this stuff is so powerful. And it just, hey, I've never heard anyone else really talk about uh, something like this. So I hope everyone gets the experiences too, you know? 
Yeah, I just I want to say this for myself mostly because I love everything you just said. We couldn't have said it the way you said it. And it <laughs> so this is not adding anything to what you said, but I want to say this for me. That space that I touched, I realized I was that. I wasn't just inspired by that. I was that. And to David's personality, just to say his personality, he probably hates everything we've said about Mozzie and who cares, <laughs> right? Like the, right. Who cares? Cause like you said, in essence, we're in this together first for our own work. And, and we recognize we can't make it happen. We can't make it happen. So yes, David has his role and it's a powerful role and it's crucial. And we have, we each have our role and we're seeing how important that is. And it's, it's, it's the, that's the way the whole world is. Like we, it's easy to think that certain personalities are more important. And for you to say what you said, that you feel welcomed and all, like, it's just, I should shut up now. I should shut up. I feel exactly like you, Jonathan. I just want to shut up. It's so beautiful. We feel so touched by your words, Andy. No, but seriously, like just, just this whole idea. And I think that's something that I feel like a part of me, just even when we just first met and I, you know, I, I don't even, I barely knew what this was about until like last night, you know, like, or just until we started to get into the program in terms of like, um, I just, I didn't see the big picture yet. I, I felt it, you know, but I, I was, you know, but I, something about this whole space thing too, like it's just really, it's just this whole idea, like it's just, I've never even heard about anything like that, to be honest, like just having the space and to just, just to be in it, just to be it or be in it, it's just, you, you can't even describe it, it just, you know, it just feels like alignment. Like, I don't even know how to explain it, right? It just feels pure, right? And it's, I don't know how you get, how, which one of you, like, how did this all happen? Whatever, but which one of you, the genius? But, but like, that's, that's just something that is, it's just, the space itself is so powerful. Like, um, and I'm sure, like, I'm still not completely understanding this stuff. Um, I'm, like, positive I don't, but... It's just like, well, let me ask you this. Can you share the space? Can you cultivate the space by yourself? Like just, I'm alone in my room. Is that a thing? Like just being able to just, what? Like going to my 2.0 self? Is that what it is? And just, does you, that make sense? Yeah. You can access your own depth of intentionality by yourself okay. in your room, right? However, what happens, the nature of energy, when you combine it, okay, and you work within a system where people are seeing the blocks to that energy flow, and we're able to co-regulate those together, it yeah. intensifies and expands that energy. But, you know, David, he'll, he'll go spend two hours sitting quietly and praying for like 30 people, okay? Like that's part of his personal spiritual practice, okay? And it's a powerful personal practice. I do a, a, a somewhat similar 
thing myself, I'm sure Jonathan does, but when we come together and hold space for a unified intentionality among others, okay, and we regulate out this, the noise that shows up, which it's always going, it's going to show up all the time. Yeah. yeah, we had a difficult exchange yesterday where we got into a very emotional subject and some friction showed up and struggle and tension. And I would say within an hour, we regulated it out of the system and we're still in process of holding the intentionality around the subject. And the work is like nothing I've ever experienced. You used the word, it's, I don't think you said it's like holy. Like you, you said pure. You said it's like pure. For me, it, it feels holy. I, I treat the space with reverence. That's what it feels like. And it's more intelligent than me. Like when I think of Mozzie now, Mozzie's not David or Jonathan or Jim or Paula. Mozzie is its own intelligence that is, that is awakening and transforming us now. That same thing happened with the thing called Life Plan, is it was given to me like a download in the matrix back in 2002. It now has its own wisdom way beyond anything I could have ever thought up. And it's awakening and transforming us regularly. And you, like, like we're attracting people like you, and you're attracting people like us, and you can feel the energy. Like, I feel the energy of this conversation. My whole body, like, my hairs are up on my arms. It's crazy. Yeah, it's why I said that the space I touched, I realized I was that. It's the, and you are touching this and real, and having your own experience of like attracting like. It's got a mind of its own. And so asking the question about the genius behind it, I think Jim just answered that we're not it. <laughs> Guys, I need to go uh, in just a minute with my kid, with Taryn and the okay. kids. Uh, getting right. ready for yeah. school. But I don't, I, hopefully you can edit out whatever you need to edit out. But I just wanted to say that if there's anything else that you want to say, Andy. Where can people who are interested find you guys? How can they get started? Well, the best place to access this is through our website, uh, www.mazipartners.com. Mazi with two Z's, M-A-Z-Z-I partners.com. Through that, they get to meet us. They get to hear about our offerings. They get to register for things. And of course, beyond that, if they want to contact us and have this kind of conversation like we had with you. Uh, we're available for that. It's kind of interesting. When people are ready, they find us. When we try to find them, we can't. <laughs> <laughs> and just just so people have um, just kind of clearly understand what just once again, what is just in one or two sentences, just simple. What is the difference between just regular? transformational coaching in Mavi? I would say it's the aspect of we. The fact that the intelligence is in the system, not in a person. Okay. 
Perfect. And another language we've been using, playing around with lately, because it's a mysterious process, other than saying we're in the business of awaking and transforming, is to say we're helping people, starting with ourselves, wake up and grow up so that they can show up. That's another way to think about it. Well, thank you guys so much. I really, really enjoyed the space here. Like, I hope, I don't know if our listeners can feel it, <laughs> but um, it's always divine, right? Just to have these conversations. And it's, yeah, it's just indescribable. Like, it's, yeah, it's just amazing. So thank it's you. It's really an honor, Andy. Really an honor to be with you. Yeah. Thanks for inviting Thank you, us into your world. Yeah, yeah. And um, um I always love uh, guns and roses. Love guns and roses. <laughs> I don't even listen. You know what's funny? It's it's um uh, my guns and what I was inspired by was a hip hop uh artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a whole nother story. We'll talk about it one day. So um, That's great. All right, I'm just gonna stop doing